We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, June the 14th, 2021. Today's show, we continue along with the 2021 opponent preview series. Guys, today we break down the Gamecocks week seven opponent, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Guys, I'll break down the doors in their entirety. First things first, we'll talk about their first-year head coach, how they fared a season ago, best returning players on offense and defense, as well as give the overall outlook for Vandy football in 2021 and the game against the Gamecocks this fall at Williams-Brice Stadium. Also, guys, we're talking South Carolina recruiting as Shane Beamer picks up two commitments on Sunday afternoon. Guys, I'll talk about both those guys and break them down as momentum continues to roll for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks football program. Guys, we got that much more here on a Monday. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. You know, the old saying goes, the more things change, 
the more they stay the same. And throughout the ups and downs and amidst the chaos, one thing has remained constant over the years for Gamecocks football. And that thing is beating the Vanderbilt Commodores. Guys, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing a lot. I'm Chris Phillips. It's the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope this finds you well, whether you're on the commute, you're at the job, you're in the office, you've got the day off, whatever it might be. Hope you guys all had a fantastic weekend. Appreciate you all tuning in. And we have got a packed show here on a Monday, a lot to get into a Gamecocks football-heavy show. is like you just heard, we are talking Vanderbilt, continuing along with the 2021 opponent preview series, as well as recruiting news here on a Monday. Very exciting stuff. But again, guys, hope you're all doing well. It is Monday in the city. I don't know what the deal is with the weather, by the way, because it is the middle of June. And I don't know if maybe I'm just bad at making small talk, by the way, here on the airwaves, because I'm constantly talking about the weather and what's going on in Cola. But I don't know if this is South Carolina weather or this is just bipolar weather, but it's the middle of June. And we had that one stretch of like four or five days where it got upper 90s and it got really hot. And you're like, all right, we got pool weather. We got beach weather. Now we can't get a day without rain. Like, I I don't know what the deal is with the weather, what's going on. But again, I'm trying to get in the pool, continue to make the pool content. But the weather's not cooperating. I truly don't understand it. But again, guys, hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I don't know if you guys watched any baseball. It's funny. I told myself because I was bitter. I was hurt. I was salty. Call it for what it is all last week. And I told myself, Chris, there's no way. I was like, I'm not watching any baseball this weekend. It still hurts too much. I can't do it. And then I found myself watching three games on Saturday. And even Sunday, I watched the Dallas Baptist Virginia game that's being played at Founders Park. Did not go to it, of course. I watched it on TV. But uh, I don't know, man. When you love something, you love something. And I love baseball, and I just couldn't help myself. So a lot of good baseball in the tube. Obviously, LSU, Tennessee, that's been one hell of a series. It's been crazy watching the Super Regionals. And, of course, I know know we all wish the Gamecocks were still playing baseball right now. But it is what it is, and it gives us the opportunity to – talk football guys really quick update before we get going if you did not know by the way i don't want you guys to be confused in regards to content and what is going on so a quick content update if you did not hear last week starting today this week we are scaling back in regards to the podcast we are not doing daily shows anymore starting this week due to just simply the ever-changing landscape with going into the preseason, the quote-unquote off-season, which I swore I would not say, but again, I understand for many of us, it is the off-season. So with that being said, with baseball being over, we are going to just two shows per week instead of the original or normal five shows per week. And that will be the schedule for probably the next, I would say, two, two and a half months or so. I mean, until we get to the week before or the week of kickoff against Eastern Illinois, that's going to be the schedule. So Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday is when you can expect those shows to drop. And yes, 
Both will have guest interviews. I know this one does not because there's been a lot of shuffling with schedules. And heck, I've got like five interviews scheduled this week alone. So a lot of guys that we were supposed to chat with last week couldn't do it, whatever. But just know there will be guest interviews on each of the shows. And again, you guys, I've actually at this time, probably by this time, by the time you're hearing this, have dropped a vlog in regards to breaking down just kind of what goes into making the content and the content schedule. If you are interested and intrigued in that, and you just kind of want to know what the schedule is going to be like. But just to let you guys know, just because, again, this is the first week going from or shifting from scaling back from five podcasts per week to now two podcasts per week. Now, with that being said, I know I told you guys I was uncertain in regards to the Daily Crow, what that was going to look like. I think we're going to continue as normal with the Daily Crow five days a week. Um, that's going to be at least the pending schedule going into each week. Now, again, of course, if I'm out of town or, or something comes up or what it might be, you know, we might cancel a Daily Crow here and there. But for the most part, guys, I really enjoy doing it. I know you guys enjoy tuning in. I, I think the daily banter is great. But, you know, it, it might be a situation where, you know, we're going to get in the peak offseason, right? We're going to get in the peak preseason. I wrote an article about it yesterday, you know, top five favorite games for me to watch. Like, we're going to get to the point in the preseason where things are getting pretty dead in regards to actual things happening. I mean, of course, on the field, there'll be nothing happening on the field, but in regards to, you know, there's only so much recruiting news you can break down and things going on. So heck on the daily crow, man, it might come some days where it's like, Hey, we're just going to watch a replay of an old game and shoot the shit and hang out. But that's what the daily crow is all about. And I think that's why you guys enjoy it. So again, we're going to continue to do that. At least this week I've planned the Daily Crow all five days this week. But again, just to give you guys a heads up, if you're tuning in and you did not hear last week, going from five podcasts a week to two podcasts a week for the next probably two, maybe two and a half months or so. And hey, I know it's probably weird for you guys and some of you may be upset hearing that. It's weird for me too. But just simply put, there's just simply not enough content, enough stuff going on right now to really justify five podcasts per week but again with that being said hey gives us the opportunity new content ncaa football streams are coming back this week you guys probably saw the teaser i put out on saturday that'll come back we're probably going to be doing the vlog a lot more i'm probably going to be writing a lot more articles so hey it's still content bleeding out of the eyeballs you guys know i'm not going anywhere but again just wanted to give you guys that quick content update before we get going i can't stress it enough no more five shows per week for the next little bit until we actually get into football season we're just doing the two podcasts a week. So I, I don't want you guys waking up on Tuesday and wondering why there's no show. That is the reason. And hey, by the way, that's a tentative schedule. If something big happens, some big news drops. We have the ability we can do a show on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday. But right now, Monday, Thursday is when the podcast will drop. Monday, Thursday is when they will be dropping. And again, those will have guest interviews as well. I know this one today doesn't but those will have guest interviews for the most part, at least. That will be the plan. Of course, things happen, people's schedules change, whatever, which is why we don't have an interview today, but that will be the schedule going forward. So again, just like to keep you guys in the loop, just like to keep you guys updated. Again, I know you guys are just like, Chris, we get it, whatever, we'll roll with the punches, we'll roll with the content, but I like to be transparent, kind of let you guys know what is going on. But either way, it's going to be a lot of fun rocking with you guys this preseason, this quote-unquote offseason, if you will but there really is no off-season, right? There's no off-season, which is why I've eliminated the word from my vocabulary. No off-season when it comes to college football, South Carolina football, and South Carolina athletics in general. And today, we can are continuing along, without further ado, let's get into it, continuing along with our 2021 opponent preview series today. We are breaking down the Vanderbilt 
Commodores as Vandy comes to Williams-Brice Stadium Saturday, October the 16th in what should be a really interesting game. A battle of first-year head coaches, of course. Again, let's talk about the all-time series record. First, South Carolina leads that series 26-4 and overall. Like I said at the beginning of the show, as much as things may change, as much chaos and as ups and downs and coaching changes and the way things change in the overall landscape of college football and South Carolina football. Something that remains constant is South Carolina beating Vandy. For whatever reason, the Gamecocks have had massive success. Even with their worst teams over the last decade, they've been able to take care of business against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Again, Gamecocks lead the overall series 26-4. and What's more impressive, they have won 12 in a row in this series. The last meeting, of course, last year, South Carolina won that game 41 to seven and guys, you think that's a South Carolina team that went two and eight and they beat Vandy like a drum on the road. And who can forget that game? By the way, the Gamecocks were zero and two. Vandy was zero and two. It was a noon kickoff in Nashville in a rainy game. And you remember it was it was a really slow start. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, you know what? This is what two zero and two teams in the rain. This is what it feels like. Like it felt like watching a high school game with no crowd, by the way, it was brutal, but South Carolina able to pull away. Of course, Kevin Harris had a massive day on the road when he really was starting to establish himself as a big time running back. And the Gamecocks pulled away and won that game 41 to seven, a 2020 record for Vandy. Owen nine. Um, no way to sugarcoat. It was a terrible year. We will go game by game and break down just what happened in Vanderbilt's 2020 season, but Owen nine for the doors, which got Derek Mason fired. Uh, won three games in the past two seasons, and he was effectively let go, which brought in the first-year head coach. And let's talk about that head coach, Clark Lee, which got a side note, by the way. Isn't it crazy how many first-year head coaches we're talking about in the SEC this year? You know, we And I've talked about this on the show with, with other guests and stuff like that, but we came in the last season, you know, this time last year. I know there was pure chaos and madness, and we had no clue what the season was going to look like and all that, but we came at this point last year. You know, we were assuming college football was going to come back. We were saying, oh, you know, because of the pandemic and COVID, you know, there's just no way anybody gets fired. It, it's a complete mulligan. It's a gimme. See, it's, it's whatever. It's a free pass type of season for, for everybody. You know, you can't hold it against them. You know, the economic ramifications, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like we're just going, we're talking first-year head coach, first-year head coach. We've got a first-year head coach. But this is the second straight show. We've broken down an opponent with a first-year head coach. It just seems crazy to me. But either way, Derek Mason let go. Clark Lee, the first-year head coach, coming into his first season in Nashville, actually a Vanderbilt alum and was the Notre Dame defensive coordinator for the last three seasons. He will come to Vandy. According to um, some different people I've talked to, apparently Clark Lee has laid out a 10-year plan in regards to fixing Vandy football. And, of course, we saw it under the heights of James Franklin, which, again, it's crazy that even none of those teams – were able to beat South Carolina. None of them. None of them were. But, uh, no, Clark Lee comes in. Obviously, it's a rebuilding project. You know, trying to get Vanderbilt football off the ground. What is truly the ceiling for Vandy football? We'll talk about that more in just a second. But Clark Lee taking over in his first season. They've also got a course first-year uh, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, everything. So, it it is a complete rebuild and starting over from scratch in Nashville. There's no other way to put it. And a Vanderbilt football program that, you know – the rosters depleted everything. I mean, it is literally a clean slate when it comes to Vandy football and Clark League. And I, I think Vanderbilt made a good hire for them. Getting someone in there that truly loves Vandy, that 
that maybe sees, you know, what it can be and the value. Because let's make no mistake, it, it's, it's almost an impossible job. I mean, does Vandy really invest the necessary, you know, finances and, you know, provide the resources and things of that nature to truly win? Is Vanderbilt's goal to win the SEC ever in its history? I don't know that you can really say that. You know, people make light of South kind of football and they say this and they say that about it. But, I mean, you look at Vanderbilt football and I, I just like, it's just kind of there. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. You know, if Vandy can just not finish as the doormat of the league, they have had a successful year. Anything beyond that is complete gravy, and I don't ever see Vanderbilt football truly competing to win an SEC East and, God forbid, an SEC championship. But Clark Lee, maybe he'll try to prove me wrong. Obviously, like I said, he's got that 10-year plan. He's starting over with that thing in Nashville. going to be very interesting to see the immediate impact that he has taken over for Derek Mason. Again, guys, like I said, how did they fare a season ago in 2020? Uh, let's talk about it again. Vandy went 0-9, and this is how it went down. They lost to Texas A&M, lost to LSU, lost to South Carolina, lost to Ole Miss, lost to Mississippi State, lost to Kentucky, 38-35, to by the way, and that lost to Kentucky, really, really close game, and that was in Lexington, too. Uh, lost to Florida, then lost to Mizzou, and then lost to their arch rival, Tennessee. What was crazy in week one, they lost to Texas A&M 17-12. to but seven of their nine losses were by double digits. So it was a, uh, excuse me, actually six of them, six of them were by 21 points or more. So, you know, safe to say it was an, a very, very rough year for Vandy football. No other way to put it. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that, and, and most people, you know, most people were, you know, they, they understood Will Muschamp being fired, but were a little surprised. People were shocked that Derek Mason got fired because, again, what are the expectations of Andy football? Does, that, does Andy football have any expectations of that matter? And they obviously showed last year, hey, we have some. We don't have much, but we have some. You cannot go 0-9. You cannot go winless and lose 6-9 of nine by 21 or more points. Sure enough, they pulled the trigger, but again, a really rough year. And especially for a school like Vandy, where you already know, I mean, in a really good, in a really good year, you're going to win three conference games. Probably more likely two, to be honest. There were a lot of SEC teams that were just flat out exposed last year when it came to, and South Carolina was one of them too, man. When you don't have the non-conference games where you can pad your statistics and, you know, you can pad your record and all that. I mean, you look at South Carolina, maybe Will Muschamp is back if the Gamecocks have three non-conference wins and go five and seven on the year. Maybe he is back. You know, but that wasn't the case. All, all of your deficiencies, they were very glaring, and that was the same case for Vanderbilt as well. Let's talk about the best returning players on offense and defense, guys, and we'll start offensively. Now, Vandy does return a very capable quarterback in Ken Seals. Uh, guys, a true freshman last year went one, 186 for 288, 1,928 yards, 12 TDs, did throw 10 picks, but 12 touchdowns. Was one of the better true freshman quarterbacks in the country in just regards to productivity. But the guy that I look at as their best recruiting player offensively is a dude on the outside. Vanderbilt has all three of their top wide receivers returning from a year ago. Or a year ago, their three top guys will be back, and the one that leads the way, wide receiver Cam Johnson, 56 catches, 545 yards, and three touchdowns a season ago. He is a big-time playmaker, a dynamic guy on the outside. Again, depth is a concern for them at wideout. But overall, Cam Johnson, a very capable player. 
And especially with South Carolina, again, this will be week seven, so you'll know your, about your team at this point. This is the first game of the second half, by the way, for the Gamecocks, so it'll be very pivotal, of course, at home. How does South Carolina match up? I'd assume it'll be a battle of the Cams with Cam Smith against Cam Johnson, but they've also got on the outside uh, Ben Breshen, uh, Amir Abdur-Rahman, and Chris Pierce Jr. So they've got some really capable guys who played good football for them a year ago, but Cam Johnson, their guy on the outside, again, 56 catches, 545, and three touchdowns last season. He will be Ken Seal's best friend, in my opinion, when it comes to catching the football and making plays on the outside. Their best turning player on defense, anchor and Fernie Orgy. And when I say anchor, think of it as the spur that Sal kind of have with a guy like Antonio Allen, a hybrid of a linebacker and a safety. Orgy, their leading returning tackler from a year ago, 66 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, and one sack on the 2020 football season. And this will really be where Ken Seals is going to make their money because, or going to make his money, excuse me, because he, uh, six returning starters on that defense, eight on offense, actually. So a, a decent amount of production and experience returns offensively, but just six starters return defensively. And Ken Seals, obviously, like I said, the last three seasons spent at Notre Dame as their defensive coordinator. He is a defensive-minded guy. Can he get that defense turnaround in Nashville? I believe last year they averaged giving up 37.3 points per game. That number has obviously got to get fixed, and a guy like Anferni Orgy is going to be the leader of that pack in regards to getting that number lowered for that defense this season. All right, let's give the overall outlook for Vanderbilt football in 2021. And first things first, I'll go over their schedule real quick. Because Vandy's not going to go 0-12 this year. I, I would go out on a limb and say they will not go 0-12. They open up the season with East Tennessee State at home, followed up by a road trip at Colorado State. I think they probably go 1-1 and there. There's a good chance they start the season off with a win. Here's a really intriguing matchup, by the way, and I'm sure this was set, obviously, when Derek Mason was the head coach. They have a home date September the 18th against Stanford, Derek Mason's old school. So it's unfortunate we don't get to see that matchup with that dynamic. I mean, Stanford's probably going to run all over them, but either way, the dynamic would have been cool. They then open SEC play at home against Georgia, yikes. They then have Connecticut at Florida, at South Carolina, then return home from Mississippi State, Mizzou, Kentucky, and then round out the schedule at Ole Miss and then at Tennessee, which it's really interesting that four of their first five games are non-conference. You know, out of East Tennessee State, at Colorado State, and UConn, and then, of course, Stanford. Can Vandy come out of that two and two? Or, God forbid, better. You know, that's where they're probably going to get the majority of their wins this year. Does Vanderbilt win an SEC game this year? I, I mean, maybe Mizzou or Kentucky at home, you know, at Tennessee. God forbid, could they get that one back? I mean, they, they were having a lot of success over the Bulls in that rivalry. But, uh, you know, first year for Clark Lee. The Clark Lee era begins in Nashville. When you take a look at the 2021 season, just like all the other schools, including us, that have a first-year head coach, that is the lead storyline. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. And I just want to pose this question because, you know, I think we all agree. The 2021 season, it's going to be a struggle for Vandy football. I mean, a brand-new coach. Yes, they've got some guys offensively. I think Ken Seals is a very capable quarterback and those guys on the outside. But, but overall, as a whole, man, I, I think Vandy will be bad defensively again, and they just don't have the talent to truly stack up. They don't have the talent to truly stack up week in and week out in the SEC, right? They are truly the doormat 
of the conference, not just the East, but the conference as well. And I'm sure the, the 17 Vanderbilt fans in existence will be very pissed off at me saying that. But in all seriousness, if I could have a conversation with a Vanderbilt football fan, this is the question I would ask. Like, what is the ceiling for Vanderbilt football? You know, when Vandy football fans say the Clark Lee experience was a success, we're looking back in 10 years and we're saying the Clark Lee experience was a success. What is a success for Vandy? Because as an outsider, me looking at that program, I would say, dude, if Vandy is getting to a bowl game every other year, I mean, certainly every year, but every other year, Vandy football, that, that is a massive win. That is a massive success. Because when you factor in, you know, we talk about all the things you sell for South Carolina and recruiting and the facilities and, the, and you know, you play in the SEC. But, of course, you know, williams Bryce Stadium and the Ops Building and, and, and this, that, and the other, the chance to play early, whatever. Like, Vandy, they have all the opposite. They don't even have any of those things I just mentioned. They don't have good facilities. Their stadium sucks. They, you know, they're constantly, when they have full capacity, which they will this year, it's 90-10 the visiting team that's bought the tickets. It's extremely hard to get guys in there academically. Like, what does Vandy have they can sell, and what is the ceiling for Vanderbilt football? Again, Clark Lee, I think I think it's smart the hire that Vandy made in the sense of getting a Vanderbilt guy in there, like I said earlier, because you need a guy. You need a guy that understands the challenge that is winning in Nashville. You, you need a guy that can do that. You need a guy that's willing to embrace the challenge and that, you know, kind of like South Carolina. Again, South Carolina is nowhere near where Vanderbilt is as a football program, but there's a challenge at both schools. As different as it may be, there is a challenge. And I think for Vanderbilt to get a guy in there like that, I think that was a smart move. Now, again, what can he realistically do in year one? You have Ken Seals, like I mentioned, at quarterback. You've got some dynamic wide receivers. Um, you lose your top rusher and key on Henry Brooks, but you do bring back JV on Marlowe, who's a pretty solid running, uh, running back, pretty solid runner for them. But, you know, we saw last year what Sal Gunner did to Vandy and then defensively, you know, Orgy's a nice player, um, but I think defensively it's going to be another really rough year. That'll be the big question, I think, for Vandy's season is will Clark Lee have an immediate impact defensively? Will he be able to turn them around and just make them respectable on defense? Because that's the biggest reason they weren't competitive last year. I mean, there were some games, you know, they were in. There's some games they were in. You know, Ole Miss for a little bit, Kentucky, of course, even Florida early, Tennessee early. But when you're giving up 42, 38, 38, you know, 41 to South Carolina, 41 to LSU, 54 to Ole Miss, you simply just do not have a chance. So what what type of impact can Clark Lee make early on the defensive side of the football? Now, in regards to this game, South Carolina's game against the Vanderbilt Commodores, of course, week seven. At home, Gamecocks coming off of that game against the Tennessee Volunteers on the road. And, of course, this one's important starting the second half of your 2021 football schedule. And the second half, of course, as we know, is much, much more difficult than the first half of it. You've got teams like Texas A&M, Auburn, Florida, Clemson. I mean, you're going to be the underdog in many of those games. You will not be an underdog in this one. I don't even give a damn if you lost every game of the season to this point. You will not be an underdog in this game. The Gamecocks looking to stretch their winning streak against VU to 
15 straight, which, guys, again, it's crazy. With all the ups and downs of South Carolina football, I mean, we're talking about a football program that lost five straight to Kentucky. But they haven't lost one to Vandy. Even with Vandy's good teams, even with Vandy's above-average teams for Vandy standards, South Carolina has found a way to beat the doors. And, I, and I'll say this. Is South Carolina going to lose to Vanderbilt at some point? Yes, it's going to happen. But I give Gamecock fans permission to look at this one and say, okay, th- this is one you just chalk up. This is one you have to, you have to chalk up. Um, I think Vandy is arguably – they're not the worst team on your schedule. I think EIU takes the cake there. But in regards to ranking the toughness of these games, which is actually a piece I might put out this week, ranking the toughest games to the easiest – I think Troy is a tougher game. I think East Carolina on the road is a no-brainer tougher game. I, I just, I think it is a complete and total rebuild in Nashville, man. I, I think Vandy is extremely depleted. I know they've got seals. I know they've got those guys on the outside. South going to be more than ready for them, though, at home. Again, not giving away my prediction or anything, but I think you guys could have guessed. South Carolina going for 13 straight. I highly doubt, I would be shocked I would be utterly shocked if this is the year that Vandy breaks that streak. Again, could it happen? Certainly. Certainly it could. Hey, who knows? First year Shane Beamer and company. Maybe Vandy's looking at us the same way, but I think the rosters are not even comparable. I don't think Vanderbilt has SEC talent right now to truly compete week in, week out in this conference. And, uh, you know, I I think it's going to be another really rough year for Vandy. I think if they can get to three, maybe four wins, that is a huge success in year one of Clark Lee. Most likely they're a 2-10 team, probably don't win an SEC game this year. But again, you never know. That's why they play the game. But again, Clark Lee has his hands full. Can South kind of stretch that winning streak to 13 games? And I think it'll be just so important for the Gamecocks to, you know, in a game like this, starting that second half, you should have some momentum. You, we, we, we want to believe and we feel like South Carolina should have some momentum at this point right? Should have some momentum at this point. Be around the four, maybe five win mark. Starting that second half and setting the tone for the second half of your season, getting a big win over Vandy is a must. You know, even last year when you were two and eight and you were terrible, you were able to run the ball down Vandy's throat. I don't see why it should be any different this year. You should be, in my opinion, probably a better football team this year than you were last year. At least we'd like to think so. So, again, Gamecocks looking to stretch that winning streak to 13 straight games against the Doors. Like I said, at some point, at some point, Vandy is going to beat South Carolina, right? It's it's not going to – South Carolina's not going to win 100 straight against them. At least I don't think. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't think. At some point, Vandy's going to snap that streak. I would be pretty shocked if it was this year at Williams-Brice Stadium. So, again, you feel pretty good about that one. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Again, the Gamecocks taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores week 7, October the 16th at Williams-Brice Stadium. Again, guys, that's going to do it all for our 2021 opponent preview of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Seven weeks in the books. And on Thursday's show, we will break down the Texas A&M Aggies as South Carolina truly begins the gauntlet in the second half of the 2021 football season. Guys, before we get out of here, let's talk some South Carolina recruiting. 
How about some recruiting news on a Sunday afternoon? Shane Beamer quietly, or actually we could say very loudly, picking up two commitments on Sunday afternoon, 2022 three-star defensive back, Jivante McClendon. And the other commitment has not been announced yet. Now, I will say this. It does seem like from a tweet from Sports Talk SC, Phil Cornblue in the gang, that uh, the other commitment is going to be Jamal Weiss of Miami, Florida, defensive lineman, defensive tackle, six foot four, 250. He visited during the week. And right after, I mean, the day after he visited South Carolina, put out a tweet saying, got a Father's Day announcement. I'm going to drop my official commitment. Um, so it seems to be thought that that is going to be the other commitment. But Jivante McClendon, three-star defensive back, like I said, guys, out of the state of Florida, Lake Gibson, six foot two, 180, officially listed as a safety. He had offers from Auburn, Cincinnati, FIU, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Penn State, Va Tech. West Virginia, Arkansas, and Miami. So a pretty impressive offer list for Jivante McLennan. And overall, it addresses a position of need if you're the Gamecocks, of course. You need help in the secondary. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. You need guys who can come in, make an immediate impact. They're going to get playing time early. And again, maybe McClendon can be a guy like that. But overall, again, I think a solid pickup for Shane Beamer and company. And the momentum continues to roll for Beamer Ball, right? We're in the honeymoon phase. We're getting to the point of summer where, hey, recruiting is the lead storyline. It is the lead storyline right now. Official visits on official visits, on camps, on camps. It, it's, it's going crazy right now. It's going crazy right now in regards to recruiting. Jivante McClendon, the latest. And like I said, guys, we should find out. Again, if sports talk is right, you never know. Could be wrong. But uh, they tend to think it's Jamal Weiss. And it would make sense, like I said, with him visiting, saying, hey, I'm going to commit now on Father's Day, the day after he visited. Two plus two equals four, right? It seems to make sense that that will be the other commitment. But again, Shane Beamer and company keeping it rolling. Um, yeah, and I like the size, by the way, of McClendon. Six foot two, six two, 180 as a high school kid. You know he'll put on some weight as well and could provide a big body safety, a big body defensive back for the Gamecocks. And that's sort of how DBs are just being built now. You know, the days of being a five foot seven corner they're they're over. You know what I mean? You got to have some size to you. You got to have size and quickness. You got to be an athlete, no question. But uh, no, it's exciting times, man. It's exciting times at Columbia because we all see on social media all these guys, you know, going on their visits and you're starting to get these big time athletes on campus. And even if you don't get them all, just the momentum it builds to have big time players on campus. You know, great players want to play with great players, bottom line. And so even to get those guys on campus and to be included in guys' top fives and top threes, and, hey, at some point you want to land those guys. There's no question you want to land those guys. But to even just have them on campus and, you know, considering your program, I do think is a big deal, which it's ironic, by the way, when these commitments happen and stuff, because I asked on social media yesterday, and I'll ask you guys here too. You can leave it in the comments. You can DM me, whatever it may be. But I'd ask you guys, too, what do you most want to see from this 2022 recruiting class? Because, of course, as we all know, this is effectively going to be Shane Beamer's first recruiting class in Columbia, first full class, if you will. You know, I, I think it's extremely important to get back into the top 25 when it comes to recruiting. I, I think that's stating the obvious in regards to because South Carolina has been able to, 
even through the ups and downs, recruited a top 25 clip. And, and we all believe and know that recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. If you don't recruit, you can't win, bottom line. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm sure you guys saw on social media I posted this book. I'm actually reading this Lou Holtz book right now um, about his detailing his 1988 national championship season at Notre Dame. And there's a chapter where he talks about recruiting. And basically what he says, and it's crazy because we think of recruiting now and how big it is with all the services and stuff like that. But, you know, how big was recruiting in 1987, right? You know what I mean? They didn't have all that stuff. Was it quite as important as it is today? Well, it definitely was because Lou Holtz in his book states recruiting is the most important thing. It is paramount to having a great program. If you have one off year in recruiting, it can absolutely kill your program. He literally said that in the book. But the thing that jumped out at me too, and talking about great athletes and talking about the importance of getting in the top 25 in recruiting and getting these guys is when Lou Holtz said this in the book. And I'm going to be paraphrasing because I don't have the book right in front of me, which I probably should. But he basically said, you know, you can lose with great athletes if you don't have great coaching, but you cannot win without great athletes. Bottom line, hey, X's and O's all day long. You can have the greatest coach in the world, but if you do not have good players if you don't have the jimmies and the joes you're not going to win a lot of ball games and again i know i'm not saying anything you guys don't already know i know i'm stating the obvious but it was just something that stuck out to me when you when you read the words of a guy like lou holtz and he's talking recruiting and i mean this was in 1987 so it certainly applies to recruiting in today's day and age so like i said i, I would ask you guys and you guys can leave it in the comments and or you can shoot me a dm or whatever it may be what do you most want to see from this 2022 class? Is there a certain position need you want to see met? Hey, you got your quarterback. Was that what you were looking for? Getting a big-time game-changer at quarterback. You got Braden Davis. Hopefully, he can be that guy. Or is it a certain recruiting ranking, top 30, top 20, God forbid, top 15 or better, something like that? What are you most looking for from Shane Beamer's first full class? as Gamecocks head football coach. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Before we do, one last thing, question. We have one question. Actually, I think we got a couple. Let me go to Twitter and Facebook. I think we got a few. We'll start, though, with Instagram. We got one on Instagram. It comes from Austin G underscore 45. In a game like this, with all due respect to Vandy, what is the biggest thing that you want to see? Yeah, great question, Austin. I mean, well, first things first, you want to see South kind of win. I mean, that, that's a given. I, I'm literally stating the obvious when I say that. You want to see South kind of win. But really, you want to see the Gamecocks dominate because even if you had no head coach, right, even, even if no matter who the head football coach is, I don't think any of us sit here and say, oh, you know, talent-wise, this should be, even be a contest. The South kind has got more talent than Manville. Bottom line, it's not even close. It's not even comparable to talent between the two schools. So first thing is win, and that's a given. The other thing, you really want to see the Gamecocks dominate. You, you'd really like to see South Carolina dominate a game where you feel like they should dominate. You feel like you should. You have more talent. you got better coaches. you got better players. Everything you have is better, bottom line. So what do I want, most want to see, you know, especially going into to a really, really tough second half of the schedule where – you know, again, you're going to play the A&Ms, the Auburns, the Clemsons, the Floridas, all those teams. You're going to go on the road to Mizzou. I forgot to mention that one. Dominate Vandy. Set the tone for the second half. Build momentum because you're going to need all the good vibes you can get. 
that following week when you go on the road to College Station and take on Texas A&M, looking for a huge upset. Uh, Keith Maltzberger asked on Facebook, if we show more effort this year than we did last year, I'll be satisfied. More improvement is, more, more improvement is expected next year. So not a question, but a statement. Keith, I'd agree with you. Michael Jones asks, or says at least, on Facebook, I can accept the loss to Kentucky in year one of Beamer, considering where the two programs are currently at, but a loss to Vandy will never be acceptable. Yeah, I, I would agree 110%. Again, Kentucky's on a completely different planet as a program than Vandy. I mean, you know, Vandy is the doormat of the conference, right? It's a game you cannot lose. And while I respect people saying, you know, good buddy of mine, Josh Pate, who we had on the show, he said this on his latest video talking about Will Muschamp, you know, saying that, you know, no game on the schedule is a must win. While that may be true, it may not be a must win, but it is a can't lose. You cannot lose to Vanderbilt. You just simply cannot do it. You're, you're too talented. You're far too talented to be losing a game of that nature. So, again, what do I want to see most? That's really what it all comes back to. Just win and honestly win big. Impose your will. You did it last year. Continue to feed Kevin Harris. Continue to build overall um, you know, consistency and momentum as a football team and gear yourself up for that big second half of the 2021 football season. But guys, hey, that's going to do it all for me here on Monday. Guys, like I said, quick reminder, we will not talk again on the podcast until Thursday of this week. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. I'm trying to adjust to it myself, to be totally honest with you. It's strange. But hey, there will be plenty of content in the meantime during the week, the Daily Crow, the, the Sims, the streams are back. You guys know the drill. Like I said, guys, no need to fret. Plenty of content rolling your way. But again, we will not talk again here on the podcast until Thursday of this week. But great stuff here on Monday, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday. And we'll talk to you on Thursday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.